Listener discretion is advised. Oh my, this is George Decay, and you're listening to the Searching for Shame podcast. I will tell you the same thing I tell Bill Shatner after giving him fellatio. You can find Searching for Shame anytime on Apple Podcast, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, or wherever you get yours. Zulu out, bitches. <laughs> Shame. 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 This is the Searching for Shame podcast. And now, annoying each other since 2003, Kevin and Bonnie. I like our theme song. How about you, Bonnie? I think it's the best theme song ever. You know, we don't have to play our intro when we record. I can always do it post-op. Getting the song going, it gets me jazzed up, gets me ready to go. Yeah. Feel just the like the end song's like, yeah, I just listened to that podcast. I'm freaking awesome. Exactly. <gasps> By the way, I- Guess what? I, guess what? Guess what? I need to do our intro, Bon. No, I have to break in for this. Guess what the girls <sighs> just watched? Bonnie, people are- Breakfast know- Club! That is so great. I am excited. Right, you may continue. That they watched The Breakfast Club. It is one of my favorite movies. Hello, 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 and welcome to another edition of Searching for Shame. My name is Kevin. Along with me is my amazing co-host that really likes the show, but not enough to share it on her social media, Bonnie. Hello, Bonnie. Hello. Bonnie is fresh off vacation. She is nicely tanned. And spoiler alert, her 30-day challenge has come to an end. No, it hasn't. Oh my God, you don't listen. You just said that. When was it? I go, I'm on day 28. I have two left. You asked me a question and you completely ignored my answer. You had a joint in your hand when it came in here. Doesn't smoking pot mean your cleanses? No, vegan and no alcohol. For 30 days. I'm still going. Yes, I did smoke with Chris. So you've smoked, but did you drink on your vacation? No, I didn't drink and I haven't eaten anything non-vegan. I feel amazing. Well, you look amazing. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say that you broke your cleanse. I I misspoke. Well, I just didn't understand. Because you didn't listen. You're right. We both need to increase our listening skills. I think listening is going to be the theme for this podcast. I think it should be. I think it should be. More people should talk. More people should talk or more people should yeah. listen? Well, <laughs> I thought it was about listening. Talk and listen. Talk and listen. Yeah. Well, we have an amazing show planned. We've been thrown <laughs> a little bit of a curveball here. Uh, this is our Vegas episode. Vegas. Vegas, baby. What happens in Vegas can come back to haunt you. What happens in Vegas might end up might on our podcast you. at some point. We're recording this on a Wednesday. Bonnie's friend JJ was supposed to join Boista. us, but he's actually in the hospital right now. So he may or may not be joining us tonight. If not, we might be recording that separately later on in the week. On top of that, I have a really good Vegas story to share. Actually, it's from my very first trip in 
in Vegas. <gasps> this is like hangover type scenario 15 years before the movie came out. That's how crazy it was. I, yeah, I want you to go first because I have a good story from my first, but I haven't decided if I'm going to use it or not. From your first what? Sexual my experience? My first, my virgin trip to <clears throat> Vegas. But I have another good one from another one as well. So both of our stories coming up later will include when we popped our Vegas cherries. No? Mm, the way you want to describe it? Divergenized. Divergenized. Sounds more feminine. But um, I suppose that's how a dude would say it. I am a dude. Of course. I mean, I know you haven't seen me without any pants, but I am a guy. I am a masculine man. And then the female version would be divergenized. Divergenized. Okay. Yeah. Also, body, while you've been gone, I've been expanding our social media presence slowly but surely. You promised 600 on IG. Did we hit it? 597. So just a little short. Whoa. Just a little short. Did but we make a bet? There was no bet. But guys, here we are again back on the internet radio. A lot of turmoil going on in our country right now. I was debating whether or not I wanted to discuss that. I'm we not for sure should. Maybe not necessarily tonight. Maybe we could save that for next week because we got no, a big show. No, white silence is violence. Uh, and it's going to be coming out a week later anyway. Like if we don't talk about it tonight, then it's going to be three weeks. Well, we got a lot on our plate, Bond. We got a lot going on. Mm, and the our world guest is in the hospital. Is minister. he a black man? No, he's not. He's not. He's okay. Mexican. He's Mexican. Well, we love our Hispanic brothers and sisters. And yeah, you and know, he's a VA. He's sitting at the VA hospital. And he's a vet. JJ, we hope to talk to you later. If not, we'll talk to you when you are uh, on the up and up. Hope you're doing good, dude. Okay, so Bonnie, I should have led with this. Bonnie and I are in our first fight Aww. since we've been back on the show. We knew it was going to happen at some point, but we didn't know how when we didn't know when. But here we are. So, Bonnie, I'm going to start off by giving a little summary from my perspective on how I okay. viewed things in our text exchange, and then I will give you a rebuttal, and then hopefully we can just talk these things out. I'm talking. Not talking and listening. And listening. Yes. Round one. Fight! Bonnie was gone last week. You were in Dallas with family and then went to Houston, right? Correct. Yeah, okay. I was gone for about uh, nine days. So I realized when Bonnie was gone that she had not posted anything about the show on her personal Facebook or Instagram. And when I realized this, I got extremely irritated because I feel like that's just something you should do on top of what we're already posting on our Search of Her Shame Instagram. When I brought this to Bonnie's attention, she told me that I shouldn't worry about what she's doing on a personal IG and that I was being petty for asking her this. And for me, I became very irritated with that response because this is something that we did before and it was never an issue, at least for my recollection. So it angered me, Bonnie, when you said I was being petty because I feel like posting on our personal IG and Facebook is just something so obvious because when we post something on our Search for Shame social media pages, that goes to whoever is following us. It doesn't go to our friends that have not decided decided to follow us on Search for Shame. So my thought process is we post on our Search for Shame social media pages and we also post on our personal so that we can get those other people. You basically, without giving me a reason, you said I shouldn't have to worry about what you're doing on your social media. I tried to explain. You called me petty. I got irritated. And that is my understanding of events up to this point. If you want to rebut that, I would love you to do it now. Okay. I did not call you petty. I said that seems petty, but very good job explaining your feelings. See, you would do well with therapy. So let me ask you a question. When I'm tagged on searching for shame, it goes to my people on my personal IG, correct? It does not go to your feed. But it goes to my people. No, it does not go to your people. It'll show up in your tagged page. 
page. But that requires your friends or anyone to go to your page and click that button and say, oh. That makes sense. So my deal is on our searching for shame, it seems like like seven in a row are just the same thing. Like same picture, same picture, same picture. And I don't want to keep just redoing that. And I don't have anything else to post on it. You know what I mean? I did the Friday one and I tagged searching for shame in it. So why doesn't that count? I'm not saying it doesn't count. I'm saying that if we're- You said I didn't post anything on like my personal account. You didn't. The Friday thing, I tagged searching for shame in it. So why does that not count? What am I I, supposed to be doing? If I Mm -hmm. go to your personal IG, there's no mention of the show at all. There's not a link to our page. It doesn't say Bonnie Coast is searching for shame. It doesn't- Oh, in my bio? Yeah. Yeah, no, because I have my actual, like, other website on there. You can't put two websites. There's not even a website on there. It's- well, she's building it right now. Okay. It was on there before, then it got cut off. So that's why I didn't have it on there. If I go to your page, though, there's no mention of the show. We post something on Searching for Shame. It will only go to your friends that are following you on your personal page and but following us on Searching for Shame. But I post pictures and tag Searching for Shame. So how is that not posting something on my personal with Searching for Shame? Go to your Instagram and tell me what you see. T- tell me Friday with Chris Rock. It's Friday. Okay, that's great. And I, I tagged at Searching that, for Shame. That, that's I put all our hashtags. And that's awesome. How is that not posting on my personal page? Doesn't that count that, as posting on my personal page? No. Yes. Because I put a post. Oh my gosh. Do you even know what posting means? Yeah, I do know what posting means. I'm wondering so if, I wonder, I wonder if you know something. what posting means. I tried to explain this. But Here's... right here is the one that I tagged and put all of our hashtags in with searching for shame. Is that from your personal account or the Yes, this account? is my personal account. Okay. Isn't that posting on my personal page? This is my personal page. I mean, page. it's kind of, but it has no mention of the show. My point is, if we're aggressive on our personal pages as oh, well yeah, as I just our... did hashtags. Here's the real issue for me here, Bon. I feel like I am try and take aggressive steps to increase our listeners and increase our social media presence. And I have not felt that from you up to this point. And that's why I was frustrated. If I go to Bonnie's personal social media page, I don't see any mention of the show at all. It feels like low-hanging fruit. All you got to do is add a link, say Bonnie's Searching for Shame, and spend some time to get some more of your friends to follow us on the Searching for Shame page. The interpretation I have is it's a lack of enthusiasm to want to get the word out about our show. No, that's not true. That's how I feel at this point. That's not true from my perspective. I believe you, but I still don't see it and I still don't feel it. Why is me asking you to take time to post on your social petty? Yeah. It's not petty at all. This is what I thought. I was like, why? Like, nobody's like, oh, why do they keep posting the same picture the whole time? And then if you go into the tags, this is it. Like, I don't want to just keep posting. And I'm not, I'm not asking you to be repetitive. I'm asking you to make separate posts. It could be anything. You could take a screenshot of our Apple podcast page and put it on your personal. Round two. Fight! I did a little more research on this. Just so you know, I'm not crazy and I'm not being petty. We have just under 600 followers on our Search of Shame Instagram right now. I personally have 656 followers. I don't that, have that many. I know. I looked it up. Of that 656, I have 415 people following us on Search for Shame. That leaves 241 people that will not see anything about the show unless I post on my personal Instagram. Put it on your personal, 200 more people will see it. Correct. Your Instagram. Okay, so you have 443 followers. Woohoo! Yeah. Guess how many of those people are following us on Search for Shame? 652. 116. 
So that means 327 of your friends don't know anything about so, our show and, and won't see Just so you know, I have nieces and nephews following me, so I'm not going to put links to explicit podcasts as well. Like, I can't do that anymore. My nieces and nephews follow me. They even liked a Searching for Shame the other day. So I don't okay. feel comfortable, like, putting links to the explicit shows on there. So that's why you don't want to post on your personal social. I mean, that's kind of news to me. I mean, don't you think that would be the first thing you lead with when I ask you to post on your personal social about our show? I mean, it's fine. It's not <laughs> like that was the first reason why, but okay. I'm just like, we did a live video the other day and my niece and nephew joined. I'm like, okay, well, I'm glad I'm doing this with the girls. I feel like I have to twist your arm to get excited about the show. The base of our listeners are friends and family. And if we can't get them excited about listening to our show, then like, what's the point? I and I feel like if I... doing it for fun. We are doing it for fun. So but we wanna, why does it matter how many followers we have then? Well, we, in theory, if we get more followers, we get more listens. Maybe if we get to 500 listens per podcast, we could be in a position where we might be able to monetize. I mean, yeah, it's fun, but like, I think we have a good product. I think we have a good show. I want to share it with people. I want a partner that is into it as I am and is energetic about it. And How that's, many listens do we get right now? We have over 215 from our most recent episode. Not great? No, it's pretty crappy. Well, yeah, look at the past numbers. It's pretty crappy. Exactly when I started sending out the things, it went up to like a thousand. So I have that ready to go. That will post to everything and it'll be good. I mean, that's 1,800 extra people right there. So it's pretty crappy, but it's my work that has got us to get to this point. Like, we've had three episodes here and I do not feel like you're even excited about it. Like, I don't mind doing 90% of the work. I don't mind doing 95% of the work, but I can't do 100% of the work. If you don't want to post on your Instagram because you don't want your family members seeing it, like, okay, but that means it's going to make it that much more difficult to get our friends and family excited about the show. All right. I'll send out my email this week and we'll see how many more listens I get for us. Okay. Sound good? I guess. I got us to the top 10 fastest growing before. We went from 200 to 700. The week that I sent out emails, it had nothing to do with Instagram before, but... It's fine. Is it? I, I mean, you're just going to have to accept that I'm not posting it on my personal one. Like, this isn't my, like, go-to job that I want. Like, this isn't, I don't want this to be, like, a full-time thing. Okay. Well, maybe you and I have different expectations of what we want for the show. If That's if, what I said before. Remember, I'm like, let's do it as long as it's fun. When yeah. it stops being fun, then don't do it anymore. I want to have fun, but I also want to have confidence that my co-host is into it. And if you're not into it, I can't spend time trying to convince you to get excited about the show and tell people about it. I don't think that me asking you to share on your personal social where we could potentially get more listeners is a big sacrifice. So when you said it was petty, I was just like, what the fuck are you talking about? It just seems so obvious to me and such an easy way to get more people to follow us on Instagram. And not to mention, Bonnie, it took you a week and a half to listen to our show and that just drives me up the wall. You're gonna have to deal with it, Kevin. Like, I literally had no internet for seven days. You couldn't find... You think I'm fucking joking? There's no Starbucks open to go grab their internet. Her you house is a metal box with no connections. Yeah, in a, I ran out of data. In a, a week and a half, you couldn't take a half hour to I listen. I had no data on my phone. I had no internet and I told you that. When I release an episode, usually I listen to like a week anyway. Who when cares? I, I care. Why? I want my co-host that's going to be into it like I am. That is, when I, I drop an episode, he's excited it about it. It took you a week and a half to listen to it. I interpret Take that as... seven out of the nine days okay, out of it. Fine. I interpret that as you not really appreciating my hard work. Because I fucking work my ass off to produce this show. It takes forever. And when my co-host isn't listening for like a week and a half, I mean, even when you're in town, it takes you a while to listen to it. It just drives me nuts. Okay, well, that makes sense. You want feedback from it. I thought you were just like, oh, I'm not excited to listen to it. 
if I don't listen to it in seven days. It has nothing to do with not being excited about it. I like listening to it. I enjoy listening to it. The fact that I could not get to it for nine days doesn't mean that I was super excited. Between our conversations about social media strategies and me having to wait a week and a half to get feedback from you, it's just like, I want a real partner. I want a partner that is like stoked to do this, enjoys the show, is excited to tell people about it. Let's just say you and I had a boss. We worked for HeadGum, which is a big podcast company in LA. HeadGum? HeadGum, yeah. The president of HeadGum is sitting down with you and I. They're analyzing our performance up to this point. Right. Like you're acting like this is a job. I don't want this to be a job. I want this to be something I enjoy on the side and that I don't have to do a lot more work on because I want to be able to focus on like a real job. Like I can't put a whole ton of extra time into this one. Have I asked a lot of you up to this point? No, I just, I feel like, like you said, you want to be able to like get more listeners and monetize it. And I didn't know that if we didn't do that, you were going to get irritated. I'm irritated because I, I feel like I asked something of you that was very basic and simple. And you basically said I was being petty. Then I responded that I was like, hey, well, at this point, I kind of feel like I'm doing all the work and it's kind of demoralizing. I don't even get a fucking reply from you. It's just like, well, she doesn't give a shit that she's making me feel this way. Yeah. Why should I? As I'm running around with five kids for nine hours straight, because I really had time to deal with that. Did you even ask what I was doing? Did well, you I knew know... you were gone. Did you know why I was gone? Where I went? What I was doing? You Did were you in even Dallas? ask? What was I doing? You were in Dallas. And then what you were was I doing? What were you doing? See, you didn't even ask. You what? don't even ask. What? You don't even I talk to me. I told you I had to go to Dallas to help my cousin who has four kids and nobody to watch them and she okay. had to go back to work. So during the day, I'm with four kids okay. in a place with no internet. I'm taking that into account, okay? Let's... No, you're not. Yes, I am. You didn't even know. You didn't even remember. What do you mean I didn't know you were out of town? No, I just asked you what I was doing and you couldn't tell me what I was doing while I was there. We've covered the fact I'm not the best listener. I'm well, sorry. Well, that's a lot I, of the I've... problems. You said really? people need to listen. You're not listening. I don't think when you're listening I to me When I tell either. you what I'm doing and things that I need to do, like respect me and listen and know that I have that going on too. Okay, so I'm asking too much of you. Asking you to post on your no, social is, is too much No, this is fine. You ask me, get over it. I, no, I'm saving that for like my business, okay. not for this. So I'm sorry that I'm not posting on my personal Instagram. I will get us threefold listeners through my email campaign. I promise you. I'm sorry I did not ask you what you were doing up there. I didn't have the full context. But take that out of the equation before you left. We had three episodes posted. When I post an episode, I am so fucking excited. I want to preach it to the mountaintops. I want to share it with everyone. I think we have a good show. I don't know if you've gotten feedback from people, I but I feel like... I appreciate what you're doing, Kevin. My social media posting is not a direct correlation of me not appreciating your work. I do appreciate it. It's fun. I like listening to it. I will share the Searching for Shame brand, okay? Me doing it on my personal or not doing it on my personal has nothing to do with me not appreciating. I know you work your butt off and do all the editing. I couldn't imagine. We wouldn't have a show if you didn't do that. I say, as long as you're having fun doing this, then we should keep doing it because I am having fun. But you get upset with me not doing things, so then you're not having fun. So where's the fun in that? I would agree. We've talked about this. I can be overbearing. I can be OCD. And I do recognize that when we did the show before, I could be a prick and I want things done in a certain way. So I intentionally, once we started going again, I have not asked you for too much. You've got a couple kids, you're traveling, your life's a lot more complicated. But when I ask you to do something 
I think is just so basic and I get pushback on it. it I think it I should drives let you like wall. just stay with four kids for four days and see what happens. Just to see like time on a timer, how much extra time you might have besides like the five hours of sleep. What I'm asking of you is not time consuming at all. I'm asking yes, you it to, is. I'm asking you to post a link on your, yeah, on your personal Instagram. Yeah, I have to go on a phone that has no internet. You were here at your house. We have internet now. You have internet. I've been home for two days. You go to your page, copy the link, you put it in there, so, you say, hope I searching mean, for shame. You post a little bit on your I think your people are circle. stabbing their ears out with screwdrivers now. Like, how long are we going to talk about this? As long as it takes. <laughs> as long as it takes for what? You're not, what? You're not, like, what you're not doing do what you, I'm asking you to do. What do you want me to do? I want you to post on your personal social media no, pages. No, I'm not going to. I already told you that. I because will add them and tag and hashtag, but I'm not putting it in my bio. That is saved. It's for my real business that's about to be like completely done in a week and it's going to be posted on there. Okay. Round three. Fight! You could have led with that when I brought this up last week. I told that you that about that 20 minutes ago, too. Yeah, you I didn't say, you didn't say any, at any time over the weekend did you say anything about that. You just said I was being petty. I didn't like, I'm just trying to, like, not argue over text. Okay. As they chase around four kids. Okay. You're here now. We don't have any kids. What do you want to do to increase our social media presence? Again, the what, what email is, campaign. The same thing I did last time. 116 of your 443 friends are following us on our Search for Shame social. Don't you want more of your friends to listen to us? They will see them in the tagged posts. It doesn't no, matter if it's in my bio. That's what so I'm So you're saying nobody you. looks at things I post. So what does it matter then? It doesn't pop up in their news feed. If I post something and tag searching and for shame in it, it will pop up in my feed. I posted it. If my you, stuff If you up. post from your personal social, yes. yes. I just said that on my personal. If I post and tag searching for shame in that, what is wrong with that? But you haven't done it. I thought I did. I didn't. Okay. But I'm saying I will do that. I'm not putting it in my bio. Do you understand? I understand now. Okay. Yeah. If you're not willing to do that or unable, I, that means I have to do more to get more followers on social media because you're unable or can't do it. It puts me in a frenzy. It's like, well, if I can't get Bonnie to do this for whatever reason, that puts more weight on me. So I have to figure out a way to get us more followers. followers? I'm saying I will post things and tag searching for shame. Look, so it will show up in my newsfeed. Right. But you so had not I'm done saying, that. So like, what else do you need? That's all I'm asking for. But okay. you just said you're not willing to post stuff because of your Oh my videos. God, I just Oh my God. I thought we were done. I just said for the second time, you're like, okay, cool. And then I thought we were done. I don't know why we started again. We started because you're... No, I did not say that I am posting on my personal and tagging searching for shame. I'm not putting it in my bio. Yeah. I mean, I can't convince you to like get excited about telling people about the show. Like I can't do it. Again, that's not what it is, Kevin. You're missing the point here. You're like trying to align those two things and they're not. Me not posting in my bio does not mean that I'm not excited to tell people about it do you understand that i'm doing my best okay but there's clearly a disconnect here you and i went down this road before it didn't work out and i feel like our expectations are never going to align it's just disheartening i just want a partner that is excited about doing this with me i need it from you and i'm not feeling it okay who would be the perfect partner for kevin i picture somebody like you're my perfect partner. No, at- I don't show enough excitement. You don't. I'm trying to think from your perspective here. If I'm you and I see that only a quarter of my friends... First of all, I don't go and count my followers and count how many of them. I can only imagine how long it took you to do that. Oh, it took two count- seconds. I was curious. It took two seconds. How I do was- you do that in two seconds? I just looked show it up. Show me. Do you feel like I should ask you to try to get more of your friends to listen to us? These are just like conversations that I just 
this like don't feel like I need to have. And I feel so, like yeah, I have to have no, it with don't you. ask me. I should not expect you to try to get more. No, I didn't say that. Just don't ask me. Why should I not ask you? Because we just came to two concrete decisions here of what will be happening this week. Mm-hmm. So why don't we just like stop talking about this? It's so annoying at this point. Like because this is I... why I get irritated with just like, can we just stop and get over it? I just said I'm going to post on my social media and tag searching for shame. I'm sending out the email campaign to 1800 people. So in one week, we come back and you tell me we had 216. Tell me how many more listens we had. Is it all about listens or follows or take a number of all of our followers and listeners and see if I've increased it in one week? Okay. Okay. I'd be willing to table this conversation. Perfect. are back and we're talking Vegas this week. Vegas, Vegas, baby. Vegas. Don't you love the Vegas mon? The Vegas what? Don't you love the Vegas comma bond? Oh, the Vegas. We're calling it. It's like the Ohio State. Um, I like Vegas, but it's never my first choice to go. I've had great experiences every time. I've right. been very memorable, but I haven't been in a long time. I don't think I've been since I lived in San Diego. I haven't been there in a long time. I'm not really in a big hurry to go back. If I want to go exactly. to a party town, I'm going to New, New Orleans. Orleans. Oh, you have to say it the right way. Nolens. I'm going to Nolens. But we're not talking New Orleans tonight. We're talking Vegas. And Bonnie, my first trip to Vegas was one to remember. And the bachelor for this uh, bachelor party of my first trip to Vegas is someone we've talked about on the show very frequently. Oh. And I will not be sharing his name. Oh. Because okay. the story is that bad. But his name is... We were 22, 23. The first time I went to Vegas, I'm living in San Diego. I'm fresh out of college. Were we roommates? Yes. We were? Yes. uh, We we, were roommates when you went? We were roommates when I went to Vegas. This is probably just when I moved down to San Diego. I do not remember when you went to Vegas. Well, it was a long time ago, (laughs) Bon. So every time I say The Bachelor's name, I'm going to have to bleep it out. Okay. Our first good buddy out of high school is getting married. I'm in San Diego. Easy trip to Vegas. I hop in my car and I head north. I drive to, fuck, I can't remember the name of the town. It's up in the Inland Empire. I had friends coming from Santa Barbara, LA, and we all met in this town and we carpooled in my buddy's convertible because he worked for uh, Enterprise Rental Car at the nice. time. Nice. So we got a convertible. The only problem was it was freaking June and the desert. We have the top <laughs> down and we're just sweating our asses off. So we're just like, oh, this is so much fun. We're in a convertible, but it's fucking 105 degrees and we're just sweating profusely. You like pass out and crash and never make it. <laughs> yeah, it was horrible. But we get to Vegas and I think we're staying at Planet Hollywood. No, it was the Aladdin. It was the Aladdin before it became the planet Hollywood. Sketchy. R.I.P. Aladdin. It was a good time. So we did everything that you could possibly imagine that you would do on your first bachelor party. We had strippers. We went to strip clubs. We gambled. It was amazing. My first time to Vegas and we decided to go to the Spearmint Rhino Strip Club. Of course, you gotta go there. You gotta go there. I don't have a lot of memories from that night except I passed out at a lounge chair at the Spearmint Rhino and I woke up. Oh, no. And I look over to my right, and a buddy, Nick, was getting a lap dance from a girl. And this was like at 5 o'clock in the morning. And I was like, well, I'm passing out of the strip club. I probably should head back to the Aladdin. I get back there. 
pass out. But the real fireworks came on Saturday night. Turns out the brother of the bride lived in Vegas. So he invited us out to his house, not very close to the strip. It was like a good 20 minute drive out to this house in suburban Las Vegas. So we get there and all we knew was that strippers were going to be there. We didn't know where they came from. We didn't know what we were getting into, but these strippers were coming to this private house. Brother had gone to Cheetah's, another strip club the night before, and hired a couple of the strippers to come out and entertain us the next night. Got it. We get to this house. There's a bunch of chairs in a circle in the living room. The girls had not arrived yet. We're sitting there having a few beers, and the girls finally arrive separately. One girl walks in, really attractive brunette, like super hot. So we're excited about this. We got a good looking stripper. We'll see what happens. And then the next girl walks in, and she is not hot. Okay. She is not only extremely anorexic, uh. possibly a meth head, uh. but her jaw was wired shut. <gasps> She had braces and she had something going on with her jaw. So she had like the braces and the rubber bands in her mouth. I bet it happened on the job. Maybe. And we're like, whoa, wait a minute. Where did you come from? Someone put like a blanket or something in the middle of the living room. And we're in chairs circling these two girls. And they basically start putting on this show together. But the girl with the wired jaw is, I'm sorry, extremely unattractive and not someone you would want to see as part of a stripper there package. There wasn't a third one? Just the two of them. Oh my God. Both- it sounds like a Saturday Night Live skit where, remember where she plays the really ugly sister, the yeah. three hot ones and then- With the weird yes. arm? Yeah. It, it felt kind of <laughs> like that. So one stripper's doing her thing and it's like, oh, okay, that's fun to watch. And the other stripper is trying to like talk sexy to us. And she's like, hey guys, you like that shit? The one with their stuff wired shut? Yes. She's like, hey guys, you like this? You like what you see right here? Are you enjoying what you see? This is this doesn't sound fun, Kevin. It was not fun. Aww. So things progress from there. And one of my buddies was trying to get fellatio from the hot stripper. And she refused. She was not having it. And of course, he couldn't ask the other stripper for fellatio because she had her jaw pretty much wired shut. It wouldn't have worked out very well. So I don't know how this happened. But someone asked the unattractive stripper to start playing with herself with a Bud Light bottle. Ah! This is so gross, I may have to edit this out. She put a condom on the Bud Light bottle and she is pleasuring herself with the Bud Light bottle and no one is into it. I don't know who asked her. I don't know who suggested it. It was probably one of the grossest things I've seen in person and an event that I hope not to repeat. So she's basically doing her thing and people started getting pissed with the hot stripper because basically we thought we weren't getting our money's worth. She wasn't really doing anything. The other guys- I can't recall, but it was like, she did a little dance, but she basically was like, okay, now I want more money. And we're like, well, we just gave you $500. So long story short, we watched this very underwhelming, gross performance. One of my buddies, like I said, was pissed off because he wasn't getting fellatio from the hot stripper. And at one point, the brother of the groom decided that we didn't get our money's worth, so he was going to take our money back. Oh my God. So at one point, he walks over to the purse of the hot stripper 
and takes Uh-oh. our cash out of her purse. Was our bodyguard there? Or? Uh, he wasn't there, but I'm glad you brought that up. This huge, muscly guy drops her off and he's like, hey, I'll be back in an hour, hour and a half, two hours, whatever it was. So the girls were there and they didn't have any security and they didn't need it. But well, actually, I guess they did. So the brother of the groom takes the money out. The stripper, of course, doesn't notice this. The hot girl leaves first and then the girl with the wire jaw leaves a few minutes after that. Two different drivers? Yeah, they were separate. Imagine being the bodyguard of the not cute one. Oh, yeah. This whole world, I just don't understand it. Well, that's a shitty thing to do to steal the money back. Like, come on. If they dance for two hours, that's 500 is cheap in Vegas. Well, I don't know how much money we gave her, but yeah, obviously you should not have gone to her fucking purse. That was just a horrible thing to do. Bottom line is both girls leave. No one knew that the money had been taken. Oh, he didn't tell anybody? He took it himself and didn't tell anybody? He took it and then we found out after the fact what had happened. Got it. We're on the front lawn smoking cigarettes, drinking a beer. All of a sudden, this car freaking peels like a bat out of hell around the corner. And stops in front of the house. And it was the hot stripper and her bodyguard. The stripper comes over just, what the fuck? You guys stole money out of my purse, blah, blah, blah. We had no idea what the hell was going on. Nobody knew except for the person that had taken the money. The bodyguard walks up and shows us his gun. So we're like, what the fuck is going on? We hand the money over. We saw the money exchange. We saw she had the money. What is going on? So the brother of the groom that had taken the money tells the bodyguard, oh, you know, I saw the other stripper reaching in your purse. She must have taken the money. Luckily, we didn't know what was going on because like, we couldn't lie because we didn't know. So they believed us. They believed that the other stripper had taken the money. They get in the car and freaking peel out after the car that was carrying the other stripper. And fortunately, we didn't see either of them again. Oh my God, they probably came back to his house though. I don't think so because I think they didn't think that we would do something like that. Like we would take the money back from the stripper and we have no idea what happened after that. So then we're talking to the brother that finally fessed up to taking the cash and we're like, what the fuck are you thinking, dude? Okay, yeah, we got our money back, but we just framed the other stripper. Big angry dude with a gun. Yeah, and they work together at Cheetahs. And so the next day, the hot stripper and the bodyguard's gonna come up to this chick. She's probably going to get her jaw rebroke. Yeah. I felt horrible. I mean, it was completely out of my control. He but must have had some pretty bad karma over the last 20 years. I can only imagine. I will say that my last memory of that night was getting back to uh, the strip. I was gambling at the Aladdin blackjack table up $350 at one point. Nice. And I walked out of there with $9. Nice. And as I'm walking to the elevator to go to bed around 6 a.m., and this girl at the slots strikes up a conversation with me, and she's super cute. I've been drinking all night. I've drunk off my ass. I'm like, hey, I thought the night was over. Maybe it's going to get better. So I'm chatting with her for a bit. And after about three minutes of the conversation, she goes, so you looking for a good time? And I realized that she was a prostitute. I pulled out my $9 and I'm like, what can I do with my $9 here? <laughs> and she was not amused. And she goes, okay, let's just say we have nothing else to say to each other. <laughs> Bye-bye. Then I went off to bed. But it was a very memorable experience. My first trip to Vegas. And I'm glad those days are behind me. Bonnie, it also sounds like you have a memorable experience in Vegas and we want to hear all about it. So there are so many. And I think I realized when you were talking, I think the last time I went to Vegas was Talene's bachelorette party. Oh, Talene. Which was 13 years ago. We love the Taliban. Yes. That was a crazy one. But I'll just share a story from my first experience in Vegas. I think I was 23. I worked at Bob's in Dallas. That's where I met most of my friends I still have today. Love Bob's. I went with Jeanette. Ah, yeah. And Karina. Actually, there's a funny Spearmint Rhino story, a quick one there. Okay. 
David, Craig, and Primo, my three guy friends I had when I worked at Pappas right before Bob's, they went to Vegas for Craig's bachelor party. They all three called me simultaneously because they had been basically drug apart from strippers at Spearmint Rhino into their own private rooms and oh, spent all of their no. earnings. They spent like $1,100, $1,300. So I know of that place. I've never been there myself. Anyway, so my first time I go with Karina and Jeanette. Jeanette used to wait on the Maloofs, the people that own the Sacramento Kings, right? right? And they own the Palms. They didn't give us a room, but they gave us some like VIP passes to some place there. But also my friend Sammy that I waited on at Bob's, he gave me a suite at Caesars. He gave you a suite at Caesars? Yes, for like four days. So the Free of three, charge? Yep, free Damn, of charge. that's amazing. So Karina, Jeanette, and I go stay at this suite at Caesars. The bathtub was like huge. It was an amazing room. Anyway, so we go, like I said before, we get there and there's all of these super tall, hot dudes there. And I'm like, wow, there's like so many tall guys here. And that's when I realized it was one of the big tournaments was going on in Vegas for right. the March Madness. So we run into two other people that we waited on at Bob's and they were with this is going to age me it was the second or third year that there was the Survivor show they were how old are you they were hanging out with the winner of the Survivor show no shit he had dark curly hair that came down to about here he was a good looking dude maybe he was like third year I don't remember so of course we think that's cool wow we're like hanging out with this celebrity here I was 22 I did some shady stuff right like what don't go vague on a spawn (laughs) we end up going back to their room and all hanging out. I think they were staying at maybe like Paris, Paris. Does that sound familiar? We're in their room for like probably like two, three, four hours. I end up like laying down because I'm super drunk. Like I'm going to pass out. I think Jeanette's like in the bathroom with some dude. Like I think Karina was making out with the survivor guy. No, really? Yeah, I think so. Good for her. I take off my watch and earrings and go to sleep. Oh, I had a boyfriend at the time. Oh, good girl. So I was trying to be on my best behavior. Yeah. And how did that go? Mm, it didn't work so well. <laughs> we were about to break up anyway. Finally, something happens with Jeanette. She's like, I'm ready to go. Let's go. We leave the hotel. We go down on the elevator. We start walking. We can't find our way out. Like, we're all so drunk. We can't find our way out of the casino. And I had taken off my shoes because I'm like, oh, my feet hurt. And the security guard came up. He's like, you can't take off your shoes in here. And I'm like, okay. So I put back on my, you know, big ass heels. And I'm like, oh, it hurts. We're like literally walking for like probably 30 minutes. Oh, my God. At this time, I realized I left my walk and my earrings up there. Oh. This was the tag watch that my dad had bought me for my college graduation like one year earlier. You got to get that back. Right? I forgot. Dude, we go back. There's like seven elevators and they all go to different places. Right. Did you remember the room number? No. None of us (laughs) did. We're sitting like, does anybody know what room number? No. Do we even know what floor we were on? No. Didn't get his cell phone number or anything like that? We knew two of the guys from Dallas. Right. Okay. So at least then, oh, I immediately call my friend Sammy. It's like 6.30 in the morning. (laughs) Sammy, you need to give me Kirby Schlegel's number. I need it. I need it. He ended up giving it to me. Dude, they brought my watch back to me. Oh, cool. Couldn't find our way out. Finally, I took my shoes off. So when the security guard came to say, you need to put your shoes on, I go, then kick me out. So he escorted us to the exit. I was like, yes, now we know how to get out of here. And we see Caesars. We're like, it's just right there. You can walk. (laughs) And now, you know, you're just like, we're literally in the middle of the lawn in front of Caesar. And like, I don't think we're supposed to be on here. Were you just walking barefoot? because you didn't want to walk in your heels? Yeah, walking barefoot. Yeah. A dude 
dude on a golf cart comes up and I'm like, oh, he's going to kick us off the lawn. And he's like, do you ladies need some help? We're like, yeah, we're staying at your hotel. Can you can't he like drove us right up to the front of the exit. So oh, we sweet. got in. It was amazing. I think the best part was Bob himself the next week when Kirby Schlegel, who by the way, had a girlfriend and I didn't know, brought my watch in a baggie and handed it to Bob. And he walked up to me at work and just smiled. And handed it <laughs> you left us in Vegas. Salamander Scoundrel of the Week. Bonnie, it sounds like your trip to Houston was uh, memorable to say the least. Speaking of which, who is your Salamander Scoundrel of the Week? Yes, my trip to Houston was memorable. I will not use names here, but I went to my friend's house for my daughters and her daughters to play together. Right. And they had a great time as usual. I love my friend very much and her daughters are super sweet. Which brings me to my Salamander Scoundrel this week is her husband. Ooh. Ooh. Mm, what happened? Insert Princess Bride. Boo! Boo on you! Boo! 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 Why do you do this? He's a butthead. I just always tolerated him. I'm sure you've had friends where you didn't like their spouse and you have to deal with it. It's fine. It's never been enough to like make me not want to hang out with my friend and our daughters to hang out together. It's tolerable. So I've always just slept on the couch and the girls will sleep together. And her husband gets up early to go to work and usually when that happens like I'll go like crawl in her bed with her until the kids wake up. Right. So I think the second day I was there or after the second night he had gotten up and everybody else is still asleep and three of the kids and I had fallen sleep on the downstairs couch watching The Breakfast Club. The girls wanted to watch it. That movie's very vulgar. I did not realize it was that vulgar. Vulgar? Dude, when, yeah, when Judd Nelson starts choo-choo-choo, are you a virgin? Let's lock the doors and impregnate. I got a question. Does Barry Manilow know that you raid his wardrobe? And she's like, Mommy, what does that mean? And I'm like, oh my God, why? It's vulgar if you have an 11 and a 9 year old. Yes. So the whole reason that we, they watch this little Nickelodeon thing with Ariana Grande on it. She's on there. I'm like, isn't that one of the characters is Ariana Grande? Oh, like, Sam and Cat? No, it's Victorious, I think it's called. Anyway. I love me some Ariana Grande. So one of those episodes, somehow I said the name Breakfast Club and Taylor starts asking questions. One of those episodes emulates Breakfast Club. Oh, like they put it all in. So she's like asking that. like, did this happen? Did this happen? Was there a weirdo? Was there a misfit? Was there uh-huh. a jock? And she's like, oh my God, mommy, I want to see this movie. And I'm like, this is amazing that my daughter wants to see Breakfast Club. Right. Okay, well watch it then all of a sudden I'm like ah fast forward ah. you haven't seen it in like 15 years uh, I mean the <laughs> things that what we grew up in different it's crazy anyway three of the girls my two daughters and one of theirs and I fall asleep on the couch downstairs right. her husband gets up at like 7 o'clock nobody's awake but him he goes outside to smoke a cigarette so I know he's up now I'm going to go hop in the bed. I go in there. He comes in maybe five minutes later and goes and says to her, tell that stupid bitch and her kids to get off the couch. Oh my God. What? What? How rude. Who talks like that? He doesn't know I'm in bed next to her. But now I'm just like, oh my God, I feel so uncomfortable. He came in, you're under the covers. Yeah, I was bundled up. She was like, what? Like, that's awful. Like, she's right here. Were you asleep when he came in? No, I was awake. I like was frozen. I didn't know what to do. And I'm like, how the fuck do I deal with this? Oh my God. Did he recognize her right away? Was he like, Um, oh my God, I'm so sorry. She went out, I'm sure whatever choice words she had with him. And then her and I later, we were 
were hanging out in the garage when the kids were on the bouncy house. And she all like, because you were sleeping on the couch. If yeah, he wanted you on a different couch, he apparently and you he were might be because of that. Sleeping in there because he feels like he can't get up and make his coffee and turn on lights. Oh, like, maybe he just doesn't like me in the first place. Maybe that's something else on top of it. Who knows? But if it annoys him that much, she should know about that and then say, "Hey, sleep upstairs on that couch." Right. You know, Cody. He's an asshole. He likes to. And if you're up there, he won't get. She grumpy. should obviously know his triggers. The upstairs as stupid as they are way more comfortable <laughs> like I gladly would have but we went downstairs to watch Breakfast Club because the youngest one was watching a kid movie up there of course she fell asleep in 10 minutes and we fell asleep in half an hour right so nobody even really watched the movies but but because you were on the wrong couch you got the fucking bitch label stupid bitch stupid bitch stupid bitch yeah oh my god how dare you so immediately she was just like hey I'm so sorry about what Cody I was like yeah I heard that I'm like that was awful how are you supposed to respond to that yeah should I just get my kids and get out of your now, like, I'm obviously not welcome here. And then he came in the garage and he just said, I'm really sorry for what I said. I get angry and aggressive and whatever. And I was just like, I think I said that's fine. And then I was mad at myself because I'm like, it's not fine. You wanted to respond. Yeah, that was not cool at all. I'm here for another night. Like, I have to stay another night. And how do I make sure this guy doesn't use that kind of language around my kids? I just felt super uncomfortable for the rest of the time. I I couldn't, like, look him directly in the eye. That's gonna be, like, the worst feeling. Like, you're guests in someone's house. You want to feel like you're welcome. I mean, if my kids weren't there, I would have fucking punched him and yelled and been out of there instantly. You know right. what I mean? But This is um, not the fun trip I was hoping for. Yeah. Oh, one thing you told me off air, this guy is a big Trump supporter, isn't he? Yeah. Isn't that just fitting? I will give out a scoundrel to those motherfuckers that go to these riots claiming they want social change, but then they just go ahead and vandalize businesses and loot. And I'll notice that all these videos of people looting shit, they're mostly white people. What that's the what fuck he, are you doing? What... I'm going to be a proponent for social change, so I'm going to go to this rally and I'm going to break windows at Nordstrom and that's how I'm going to make change. That's how I'm going to convince police officers to not beat people of color anymore. That's what I'm going to do, you fucking morons. Eat my freaking right toe. Alright, that's all I want to say about that. Why your right toe? I didn't want to say suck my dick. Do you like the left one better? Big, or do you I'm, feel like the right one's a bigger sack? I'm not a big foot guy. I don't have a foot fetish. I know you do, Bon. We've talked about this. I don't you, have a foot fetish. Uh, I don't know. You, I think you're in the feet. You just don't want to talk about it. No, that wasn't me. Alright, well, this episode has run really long. I'll have a lot of editing to do, which I always look forward to. Please be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. And of course, you can listen to us anytime on Apple Podcasts. We're on Google Podcasts. We're on Stitcher. We're on SoundCloud. We're on Our Heart Radio. We're on TuneIn. We're on so many platforms. You can find us anywhere. Don't worry about Spotify. Why are there so many? There's so many places you can listen to us. And please do, if you can, particularly on Apple Podcasts, rate us and review us. We will give you all the accolades and acknowledgements on the show. You know, you and I are fighting over social media strategies, but there's people out there that are really suffering. Yeah. Gotta put things into perspective. Okay, Bon, it's been real. Thanks so much again, guys, and we'll see you next time. Peace. Bye.